What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Hello and welcome to the second ever edition of the Beers and Ball live stream. (laughs) My name is Rob Dawson. That gentleman that you see right there with me is the one and only Deshaun Butler, former West Virginia All-American, former Miami Heat forward, and current uh, basketball degenerate. The thing I love about live streaming with Deshaun, you know you know he's a hoops head because if you look in the background of that screen, you see the Iowa, Illinois, or the Iowa, Indiana game that I am currently watching myself. Yeah. So So, Tayshawn, how you doing, bro? You good? I'm, I'm good, bro. Forgive me as if you start talking and I just start li- literally zoning off in the game in the reflection behind my head. I'm just going to be looking because I'm definitely going to try to, you know, keep score. But, yeah, I'm good, bro. Just enjoying my uh, free time. Uh, hanging out with the kids today. Got a ton of uh, wrestling video games in. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm WWE'd out, basically. There you go, man. There yeah. you go. All right, so this is the Beers and Ball live stream. Um, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of basketball stuff to talk about. We're going to do a little bit of a little buy sell hold on some of the teams that I think are the most interesting teams in the country. But first and foremost, let's open those beers. Deshaun, I got here. It's called the Hop Smack Double IPA from Topping Goliath Brewery. Uh, I love Topping Goliath. Um, they have um, King Sue is normally the beer that I get from them. It's an IPA. It's a brewery from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, in honor of my Hawkeyes that are going and playing right now. Uh, but the the Hop Smack, it's a great dipper. It's a tall boy. You can't really complain about it. When the beer is as big as your head, Deshaun, that's when you know it's going to be a good night. What do you, what do you got? What are you stepping on over there? Uh, I might not be able to go too in-depth like you just did, but uh, this is something I picked up in my time in Germany. It's a, a left. Uh, it's a blonde, ale, beautiful beer. One of my favorites, a Belgian ale. But uh, one of my favorite beers that I've like had overseas. I mean, I'm a big uh, beer drinker now. Uh, I never was, but now I am. And uh, that's I what happens when, when you play in Germany and when you play overseas. And yeah, like, man, you're you're gonna become a you're gonna become a beer head. Have you ever uh, have you ever been to uh, Belgium before? I have not been to Belgium. I've been to the only places I've been to in Europe are uh, are London. Mm-hmm. I went to Spain for my honeymoon. Love Spain. Um, and then last year we went to uh, to Italy for um, a vacation for six days. Well, you should put Belgium on your bucket list. Uh, oh, it's on there. As, it's on there. It's as far as like uh, winter cities and, and things like that. I mean, excuse me, countries to visit. Brussels is an amazing area. They have this big bar with like over a hundred and twenty something different beers called Delirium in the in the heart of uh, Brussels. It's an amazing place to say the least. Me and my wife have spent. Tons of evenings in there, hanging out. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, Delirium, um, the Delirium's beers that they send over here, like Delirium. Yeah, exactly. Real good. It's, if you like the the Belgian blondes, like the left, then you should like the Delirium Champs is really good. It won like a that won like a national beer of the year. Yeah, or international yeah. beer of the year. International beer. Yeah. It feels like that's a little bit overrated for me. 
but um, I don't know. I promise I'll, you it's not. I'll stick with I'll stick with my dippers. I'll stick I, with my dippers right there. Hop smack. <laughs> listen, everybody I introduced to beer, all my teammates, I'm the old guy that got on the team, and I'll introduce a couple young guys to some beers that that like beer. They always they always end up falling in line with this and uh, du- uh, Duvel. They always fall in line, man. They just I I will tell you this though, Deshaun. Now that you're done playing, like you got like you can't just sit there and sip on beer and then do nothing else the rest of the day. Cause I know, I know. You end up being like me, man. I got no, trust I gotta, me. I got I got a good COVID twenty. I got to lose. Oh, yeah. I don't want to get into my number right now. It's disgusting. <laughs> I got to drop my COVID nineteen. All right. So uh, the whole point of this is just like a stock watch thing. And I, it's just I kind of wanted to to bounce some teams off of you and talk a little bit about some of these uh, these programs that are, are maybe the most contentious and, and the most questionable in the country. I promise we're not going to ask about uh, West Virginia to all those fans that are going to be complaining about that, because I don't need Deshaun to tell me that they're just, you know, they're they're just a couple of shots away from from winning a national title. <laughs> Just a couple. We almost beat the best team in college, so I'm not worried about it. We'll yeah, be all right. There you go. All right. So first <laughs> and foremost, um, I want to start with Tennessee. I want to know if you're buying them, if you're selling them, if you're holding them. Uh, they are now ten to two on the season. They are coming off of that just utter embarrassment at Florida on Tuesday night. Deshaun, where do you stand on the Vols? I am. It's a tug right now, and it's not a buy. It's a tug between hold and sell. It's still, it's not even midway through the SEC. Um, I can't. I'm not sold on them at the moment because of their like their offensive inconsistencies. Do I think they're a great defensive team? A great like team defensive team? Yes. Like I, I loved what they do. Uh, they got a lot of the, the right pieces defensively to like make things happen and it helps them score and it gets them easy baskets, but it's always going to come down to their offense, winning them some games sooner or later. Like not everybody's going to be as bad offensively. They're one of those teams I look at as, like you said, there's, you know, there's Baylor, there's Gonzaga and then maybe Michigan and then everyone else and everyone has the thing that they do really well. I can't see Tennessee's defense being so overwhelming that it stops a Iowa. I can't see Tennessee's defense being so overwhelming that it jams up what Michigan does. So, like, if do I think that they can go go far in the tournament? Possibly, yes, depending on who the matchup is. But do I see them, like, stopping one of these teams? Unless they just have the god-awful night offensively, no, I can't. So I'm I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell. You're selling on them. All right. Selling. So I'm not I'm not ready to sell on them yet. I'm I'm still gonna hold on to them, um, because I think that if you look at the two horrible games that they've played, both of them have come in games where Jaden Springer was injured. Yes. He did not play against Florida, um, and he played five minutes before he sprained his ankle, which has been the the thing that that he reaggravated. Right. Five minutes for the loss to Alabama, and he reaggravated that injury. Uh, at Vanderbilt um, before the Florida game. That, that's why he sat out. So it's just been the same injury uh, both times. And he's like the one guy on this roster that can create something for somebody else, that can get in the lane and find somebody, that can get yeah. in the paint and make somebody else better and get somebody else an open look. So I think that part of the reason they've had these struggles offensively without him is because they run, they don't, they don't have that, right? Like beyond him, it's basically a bunch of guys that they've got to score in transition they got to score off the offensive glass or you got to get lucky with someone knocking down a tough 
jump shot, right? Yes. It's not like you're going to get a lot of easy shots without Jaden Springer there. So yeah. um, I, I think that I'm still holding on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm definitely concerned, man. Like that, like the big thing, like the biggest thing, the most concerning thing about Florida. And like, honestly, if like you hear kids in the background, both this Sean and I have, have young children, and I honestly yeah. don't even know whose it is anymore. That's my. That's definitely me. That's my. That's my four-year-old. He's back there yelling, uh, "Paw Patrol" or something like that. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Chases on. Chases on the case. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So my. I mean, look. The, the biggest thing is, I'm. They got their asses kicked by Florida. Yeah. They got their asses kicked, and you can't if you're Tennessee and like you're built on toughness. Like you can't go out and get your asses kicked like nah, that. Like just not like that. Not like that, that. That was so. That was the concern for me. That, that's the big concern for me. And shout out to uh, LMAO JK. Uh, that's one. That's a great. Um, that's a great YouTube game. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, and two. Yes, we. I did watch the Memphis game. Uh, I bet on Wichita State. So mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily that happy about it. But I also thought that that Memphis was going to be like a top 20 team coming into the season. So it's nice to see them finally, finally put it together after. Uh, after I called him out, is it really? Week. Is it really together though? <laughs> <laughs> they, made some shot. they finally made some shot. They scored more than forty points in the game. So look, uh, hey, yeah, small steps, steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. All right, the other team um, in the SEC that that we really need to talk about is is Alabama, and Alabama coming off of uh, one of the best shooting performances I think I've ever seen. They hit twenty three threes um, in a win over uh, LSU at home. Uh, John Petty has been on fire for the last three weeks. The first uh, seven look- uh, attempts. That's insane, yeah. bro. That's insane. Yeah, it's like like a young Rob Doster in his prime. Um, <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, go so, so they, uh, yeah, I mean, they just, they, they've been unbelievable the last six weeks. You got to figure at some point, like, they're going to cool off, right? Like, where do you, where do you stand on Alabama? Um, considering that they're like not really, they're probably considered like about a, a borderline top ten team at this point. Like, are you buying? Are you selling? Are you holding? Where are you on the Crimson Tide? Um, this is going to be. This is going to sound. I'm always in between. Obviously, the the first two, but um, I'm going to have a hold on them until Bruner's. Um, mainly because, just like you said, do we know how long this will last? As far as like them just being on fire? No, we do not. Usually teams that like we talked about before in our pa- our pod episode before, you live by the three, you die by the three. So sooner or later, they're going to have a little hitch in there, in there, you know, they're giddy up. But the thing I think that makes them special is when Bruner is there, they become a bigger, more versatile team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for what's my guy's name? Um, not, not, not petty, not petty, not petty. Blonde hair. Oh, he's killing me. Reese, Alex Reese. Yeah, Alex, Alex Reese. Reese. Alex Reese is a good like step in. Like he 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 plays he plays his role. He's a hard worker. He's going to rebound. He's going to go defend. He's going to do what he needs to do. But he's not Bruner. He doesn't do the things that Bruner does. And you're not going to get the best Alabama if you can't have the floor space completely. Five guys out, and also have the rebounding, and also have the things he can do in the uh, in the versatility you can have defensively with Bruner being there. So, I mean, I, I got him on hold only until Bruno gets back because I feel like when Bruno's there and Petty's there and Herb's there, like they're they're a great team. Like they, I can't knock them. So it's almost like it's a waste to hold. I would I would buy if Bruno was there healthy. Yeah, so I think that it's probably um, a little bit late to buy on them. You know, yeah. at this point, like how much better can they actually get? 
right? Like, I think we're just about at their ceiling. Um, they're awesome. Uh, they're really, really good. Um, but I think that we've kind of seen them almost capped out to a point, right? Like, I think so. How, how, I mean, just how much better are they going to be than they are right now? And look, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's I mean, probably. We know what they're like, going to do. So, and like I'm, I'm viewing them. I, I know that they're not ranked there, but I'm viewing them as like a top six or seven team in the country. Personally, like I, I think yeah. that's how good they are. They're 11th on Ken Palm. I don't know what they are on the AP poll because, but I don't care about the AP poll. Um, but it's, it's to me, um, I think that like we're we're seeing them at their very best right now, and that's I think they're they're playing like a top top five, six, seven team in the country. But I think that's about what they are, especially if like Jordan Bruner is kind of, um, is what he is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So another team that's kind of been struggling a little bit, um, is Illinois. We have our questions about Illinois. We have our concerns about Illinois. Um, we know they struggle in ball screens. We know they struggle with Io DeSumo. Uh, if he gets forced to the left, um, they've lost, they lost a couple in a row and they came back and they beat, I think it was Penn state, uh, this week. Um, it looked really good doing so. Uh, so where do you stand on Illinois, Deshaun? Are you buying, selling, or holding? I'm holding. Um, and I was a big buyer early on for Illinois. I just thought that their pace and, you know, what they have as far as, like, the uniqueness between with Io and, and Coburn and then, obviously, Georgie. And just, like, they have a good, they have a good overall team, like, uh, a well-rounded team, I thought. And they play so fast, I thought it would be difficult for other people to keep up. But – I kind of felt like they uh, – I don't want to use the word satisfied, but I felt like they took their foot off the brake. I mean, yeah, they took they put their foot on the brakes a little bit and took their foot off the gas. And it gave it gave other teams the opportunity to pick them apart. I mean, and you name the uh, ball screen troubles, whether it be the guards getting caught in screens and or whether it be Kofi not being able to step up and, and contain the dribble or do anything in the ball screens. And obviously, Io's the. I don't even know if that's a big deal with Io's right or left. I think I kind of think now it's like people are doing it, and it 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 just works. But I feel like this is more of like a a defensive issue as opposed to an offensive thing. I mean, they do well when they keep people from scoring, and they can run. If they can't stop anybody, mm-hmm. they're going to score. And then now, like it, it, the defense is going to be the thing that everyone's going to be like. You know what I'm saying? Like it. They, they do better in open court as opposed to just set offense anyway. So you can't fix their set offense right now. Like, it's, it is what it is. So I got them on hold until I see some form of, like, I hate to throw toughness around because, I like, Kofi Coburn is freaking tough. Like, that's not, <laughs> I'm not going to. No, no, gonna, you're, you're, but, you're actually – you're right. So um, Deion Thomas, uh, leading scorer in the history of the Illinois basketball program, by the way, yeah. he hosts the Champagne on Ice podcast uh, on – the Field of 68 Media Network. By subscribe, the way, if you're not subscribe. listening, you should be subscribing to it. He's, Dion's really, really good. Subscribe. Um, and what he was saying today, he had on uh, – uh, I'm blanking on who it was. I can't remember who it was. Um, but he had someone on today, and, and they were basically talking about what's going on with Illinois. And he said the biggest issue they have, it's it's a combination of a lack of leadership and a lack of just, like, mental toughness. It's not yeah. physical toughness. Yeah, it's mental toughness. About. To, to be able to deal with and it's 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 simple stuff like Adam Miller like kind of going like going in and out of funks offensively right like if you're mentally tough you don't go through like as big of a drought when you're when you're off mm-hmm. um, it's Andre Curbelo uh, making better decisions like he's a lot of fun to watch 
He can be a little bit turnover prone. He can make yeah. some mistakes. He can make some bad decisions. He can over dribble. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was a really good point that that Dion made, and then you just made the same thing. So I'm going to tend to agree. I'm actually going to sell on them. Oh. And the reason that I'm going to sell on them is that uh, I like I I was on them at the start of the season. I thought that they were a top five team. I told you this. Like I bet on them to win the national title at fifty to one odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would if I could cash out that future because it's like I think they're at like twenty to one or maybe like fifteen to one now. So if I could cash out that future and like double my money off of what I invested, uh, it's something that I would do. I don't know if I'm actually allowed to do it, but no. um, I, I don't. <laughs> I think, yeah, right. I, I think that they're they're a little bit too matchup dependent for me to be able to to win a national title. And I thought that that's what they could be coming in. Like I thought that it was Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova as the top three, and then Illinois was right there. Like Illinois was, I thought that they were probably going to end up winning the Big Ten. Like that's who I would have bet on, and mm-hmm. I don't think that they're there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell on them. That has more to do with what my expectations were at the start of the season for Illinois yes. than than what they are uh, right now. So that's that's kind of where I am. All right, next up, another team that's struggling, Creighton. They lost on two back to back. Yeah, two back to back. They blew a 13 point lead without mm-hmm. Marker Zagorowski at yeah. Butler, and then on. That was on Saturday. And I think on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I can, all, all the days blend together. Every single day yeah. is the same. <laughs> um, they so they lost to Providence at home with Zagorowski back. He played pretty well. They were down 17 in the first half. They ended up losing by four. They cut it to one possession at the end of the game. They actually played pretty well for like the last 30 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, but where, where do you stand um, on – uh, on Creighton. And one thing real quick, Arnie Reed said, would mental fortitude be a better word than toughness? And yes, that's, I like that mental fortitude. That's a good way to, good way to put it. All right, go ahead. Um, Deshaun Creighton. Um, honestly, I'm not, I'm still buying on Creighton. I don't have a issue with Creighton. Uh, the reason, reason being is one, the league they're in right now, they're going to be just fine. I mean, Villanova in my eyes will win the Big East, but Creighton is a really, really good team. Uh, they still have a really, really good player in Zagorowski. Granted, he's he's still getting back into what he was from last year, what he was last season. I mean, it's it is what it is. Uh, what is the surgery? Correct. Yeah, he underwent surgery on for something on his, his knees, knees, right? It's his knees, and, yeah. and and then and now it's like uh, I think I don't know if they're related, but it's a hamstring thing that he's dealing with now. And mm-hmm. my if and I don't I honestly don't know if it's the same leg or not. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't. I, I probably that's the kind of thing I probably should know. But hey, <laughs> uh, but to my point, I just like their team. They are a very well-rounded team, like I said before. They play six guys, I'm going to say 20 minutes or more, and they keep three, I would say maybe three sophomores, or two sophomores and a freshman. Um, what is it, uh, Antoine Jones and these guys. They keep guys mm-hmm. like that. They get like 15 minutes out of them. They're, they, they share the ball. They're tough as hell to play, they, and everybody's a weapon on the floor. Like every last person that starts yes. is a weapon from Balak to obviously Bishop, who I'm a fan of. Um, I should be more of a fan of Denzel. <laughs> He's the absolute beast. Um, but still, like I, I like their team because of that well-roundedness and because of, they're that dangerous. You can't just relax on two people on the floor like you can against uh, certain teams. I don't want to just start. Dropping names on people. So, <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't want to start slander in West Virginia. I, say, I don't want to slander anybody. Leave my Mountaineers alone, Raw. 
so I'm I'm buying on them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm buying on them. Yeah, I'm I'm buying on them. Um, and the reason that I'm buying on them is that uh, I I think that they're just so dangerous. You know, like Marcus Zagorowski is really, really, really good. Um, they have a ton of shooters. They can score a ton of points. Um, and I, I just, I love what, uh, I love how dangerous they are. And I love what their ceiling is. And I think right now, after coming off of back-to-back losses, like it's the best time to buy them low. Yeah, exactly. Like, nobody, nobody thinks, um, they're they're worse than than they are right now, like at this very moment, right? Exactly. So why not uh, hop on a bandwagon? Like th- this is very much a team where if they get hot, they can go out and they can win four straight games. If Marcus Zagorowski gets it going, and Mitchell Ballack gets it going, and um, Damian Jefferson gets it going, and Denzel Mahoney's doing what he did at Butler, so I'm yeah. I'm 100 with you. I'm I'm buying uh, I'm, I'm buying Creighton at this point. All right, next up, we have the Kansas Jayhawks. The Kansas Jayhawks. I am going to go with a hold. I'm holding on holding? Kansas. Yeah, I'm holding on Kansas. Um, I just don't. I just don't like the inconsistency I get from from numerous guys on the team. It's not just like one guy. It's numerous individuals that are very inconsistent at times that especially on a team that needs consistency offensively. Like there are times where Mm -hmm. Marcus Garrett is not going to be consistent. And then all of a sudden now they got to throw in Thompson who they can't throw anymore because he's had surgery. So like they, there are times where Jalen is out there playing great. And then, then we're like, we have our pod and we're like, where's Jalen at? He's nowhere to be found. Um, I thought that there was a nice little, um, I watched the West Virginia game. I was bringing up West Virginia, of course. And I thought, all right, cool. Well, um, you know, Garrett won't have to do most of the scoring because uh, Brown and and Jalen to score. But then these guys will disappear too. And it's just the last uh, – was a game before last? Dave McCormack was the leading scorer. Like it's – you're not – and it's, it's okay for you to have a different leading scorer from time to time. But it also isn't because then – especially with a team that's offensively inconsistent because now when things go bad, you're going to start seeing people just start looking at each other, looking at each other, trying to figure out who's going to make a play or like who's going to settle everybody down. I mean, it's always, you don't need one guy to do anything or two guys to do everything. It's always good to be balanced, but I don't think that even when I can look at Kansas and I think of like Creighton, like we just talked about, they don't have that kind of balance. So, Who are you scared of on Kansas? Honestly, I mean you you've coached, you've played, you've played at the highest levels, Deshaun. If you were game planning for Kansas right now, who who are you scared of on that roster? Cuz for me, cuz for me there's there like it's it's no one. Yeah, I can't even think. I, I was trying to I was I honestly was going to say Brown, but then no, nah, not really. Like it's not it's, He's probably the the only person I would be worried about on the team because he doesn't. It's almost like as far as shooting, he doesn't really have a filter. For, like he's, he's going to get a shot up, so it's not like right. you know. I don't, I'm not saying he forces tons of shots, but it's just he he's going to shoot a shot regardless. It goes in, it goes, it doesn't. It's whatever the case may be, but uh, he's not afraid to you know get a shot up. 
the rest of the guys can shoot, and then when things don't go well, they kind of tuck the tail a little bit. And then, or you start seeing like a ton of terrible shots get put up. Like you don't see many good shots. Guys start dribbling in the crowds and then shooting mid-range pull-ups and with two people around them. And then they're expecting David to go get the board. And David is averaging like five boards. So like they don't really, they don't have a lot of great, they don't have a lot of things they do great at, at certain aspects. Like they don't have great rebounders. They don't have anybody that can actually just demand the ball and get the bucket. They don't have um, like a ton of great shooters. Can they make shots? Yeah, they're talented guys. But they just have it like thing. They don't have a lot of things. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I I would sell, personally. Like yeah. they're they're ranked, they're ranked sixth right. in the country right now. Um, they're I think that they're like maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Twelve, and I don't think that that's a hot take. And I know <laughs> that's me saying it before all you kids oh, wow. before you before wow. you get mad at that they saw. Wow. Like, that's, that's, that's me saying it. That's, that's, that's me. That's me saying it. And so it's I self team. I can't yeah, I can't I, quit on them too fast. Yeah, and I, I trust me, I get it, and um, and Bill Self is awesome, but like the, the, this this team is just not put together the way that you would want it to put together, right? It does not have a point guard, which is a problem. They don't yes. have a point guard. David McCormick is like he can have good games, but I'll tell you this much: if I am if I'm game planning for them, um, and I'm trying to build a way to beat Kansas, like I want David McCormick to go out there and try to score. Like I want them giving KV McCormick twenty five post ups a game. Not me, Dave. Not me. I don't want you getting twenty five again. That's just the. I, I I'm just joking. Maybe joking. No, no, no. You, no, no I, I know. If you, if, I you know, know pick a, if you have to pick a spot to go to, I mean, out of all the players in the court, I would go like just like any other team. You're going to go to what you would assume will be the weakest part of their structure. Yeah, that's, the, and, that's not their strongest. That's not their strongest aspect. Playing out of the post at this moment. Yeah, so, and, and look, like we all, we all know that post touches are not the most efficient way to score, um, and I think it's also important to note that if you look at the starters, basically the top six guys that Kentucky or that Kansas plays, uh, David McCormick is the least efficient offensive weapon that they have according to Ken Palm's offensive ratings. So if you want to let him, and, and he gets the most, he gets the most usage. He has the highest. Possession, uh, possession rate, highest usage rate, highest shot percentage. So if you want to let him get all of those touches, like by, by all means, go ahead. Um, you can play right. on my team, Dave. You can play on my team, Dave. Don't worry about it. I mean, he's not a bad player, but like <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking around with you. Like you don't like <laughs> I don't I don't want him. If I'm coaching that team, like I want him to be a piece. I don't want him to be the centerpiece. The centerpiece. Exactly. exactly. That, that makes that, that was the best way to put it. Yep. All right. Uh, this next team is like it's my biggest buy right now. My absolute biggest buy. And that's for that's Florida State. Really? Here we go. My biggest buy right now. I think they're the most underrated and undervalued team in the country at this point. Well, talk to me. Because everything is starting to click for Leonard, Leonard Hamilton's team. And like we we've discussed this. We discussed this on, on Sunday night, Deshaun. Like exactly. the way that they play, the system that they play, the defense that they play. The interchangeable parts, how well coached they are, how well drilled they are, how well schooled they are. The fact that they have like multiple six foot seven and six foot eight guys that can play the point. Yeah. Um, they have they have guys that can make shots. Sardar Calhoun is really stepping up and playing well. Like I, I'm just I love the trajectory this team is on. I love Leonard, Leonard Hamilton teams like unconditionally. I might do like a video just breaking down his defense because it's unbelievable, man. Like if you the the communication that they have. 
and the understanding that they have. Like, I, if you've never played, like I didn't play it very high. I played D three basketball, right? I played pretty good AU basketball, and even I can sit there. Like I, I know how much I don't know on a basketball court, but I can sit there and watch what they do and understand like how fucking difficult it is to get a team to be able to communicate like that, be yes. connected like that. So I have. Not I had the utmost respect for the the job that Leonard Hamilton has done with that program, with that team, with that defense, and I just love him. And like when you when you play that hard and you're that interconnected and you're that good defensively, just, they're just so good. I love them, and they're not ranked. How are they? Not, how are they not ranked? They're the best team in the ACC. I said it. I'm putting my flag in on Tallahassee Island. I what are we buying when I talk about Florida State? Exactly when you when for example, like if I said. If it's to be the best team in ACC, I am definitely buying in on yes. that. Yes, um, I feel that, that I feel like they are at their worst. They can out tough most of the teams that they're going to play, and they'll outwork most of the teams they'll play. And they work very well together. The players do. They do a great job, like you just said, communicating on defense, working well with each other. Just they're they're a good team, a very well coached team, very disciplined team. Um. What I will say is outside of the ACC and I look at other teams, I don't – that they kind of – the oh, I hate to – I don't want to jab Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes is a great coach. It's more or less that I kind of see a little Tennessee in them. Like they, they can catch and shoot. They have guys that can catch and shoot. And, and some, some they even got a couple guys that can actually put the ball on the floor and make, and make a play, but they still – they still have hard time and hard stretches scoring. Like they shoot a lot of tough shots. They, they, they force a lot of tough shots. And because of that, I can't, I don't know. I kind of, I got a hold on them when I compare them to the the rest of the uh, field, but like in the ACC, like they're, they're better than everybody. (laughs) And it just makes me feel like that's what the ACC is this year is how I look at it because this team can, can basically stick to a scouting report and rip out your, the other teams, like their whole purpose of the, their coaches scouting. I mean, their, their coaches plans and find a way to will themselves to win a game offensively and be better than most of the teams in ACC. Yeah. The, the difference is they have like three or four, just absolutely knockdown shooters. Like Anthony yeah. Pelley is, is shooting 54% from three. That's Yeah. And, and Jay Walker is shooting like 43% for three. And then, yeah. and then they do have two guys. Like Scotty Barnes is the best passer on that team. And like he's yeah. been banged up. He's got an ankle injury. Um, and Raekwon Gray is like, he's he's good and he could do it, but you don't want him doing it the whole time. Not the whole time. And they're not, the, the, their, their system defensively is what makes them good. Whereas someone like Tennessee has just elite defenders up and down their lineup, yeah. where. You know, Scotty Barnes can can make some plays. He's not great in staying in front of people. You know, he, he's he's not quite there positionally. Um, and and again, like a lot of the stuff that that Florida State does, like forces them into mismatches. And they don't have a ton of guys that are great in those mismatch positions. Yeah. So they're they're not quite as good defensively as Tennessee. But like, I I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, so it's just I, more or less that they I, – I see I see a version of it in a sense. Not no, like yeah, the yeah. exact same team, but I just see a version of it. Like when they played when they played North Carolina last week, it was the same thing like you just mentioned. Ball screen, Garrison Brooks, he got a switch. They just waited. 
Deron gets it, lobs it over the top. There's nothing they can do but foul. And you would have those like little instances, but then they they figured out other ways through schemes, defensive schemes, and team basketball, oh, team defense, excuse me, to you know muster out a win. So like they're a very unique defensive team. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm I'm with you on all that. I'm, I'm with you on all of it. Um, the big thing that I always come back to with with Florida State, it, like and someone like Tennessee, is that like if they're going up against Gonzaga, you're going to have to score ninety to beat Gonzaga. Exactly. You just you just have to. And I don't know if they can. And um, yeah. you know that, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they're not good. And doesn't mean they're not the best team in the ACC. It just means that scoring ninety is a hard thing to do. All right, uh, let's let's move on from Florida State. Um, I don't really want to talk about Iowa or Michigan. Like we've kind of beaten them to death at this point mm-hmm. and we could talk about Virginia, but we just talked about Virginia at length on the last podcast and they haven't played since then. So um, I think that we could just send people back there. So there's three teams I have left on my list. And the first one that I want to start with is Villanova mm-hmm. who just played on, See was that See yeah, was it Monday night, whatever it was, I think yeah. it Wednesday night, Can't Tuesday remember. night <laughs> whatever it was, it was some night this week, first game back in 27 days, they beat a good Seton Hall team. Yes. They probably should have lost to Seton Hall if Sandro Mamukelashvili could catch a pass that hit him right in the hands. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the toughest place to oh, catch a pass is when it oh, hits you in the hands. Of all should. people, I thought Sandro would catch the ball, bro. <laughs> right? That dude's got, he's got baseball gloves for hands. Yeah, and he has great hands and great oh, – I don't, I don't know, bro. I was shocked that he didn't catch by the way, By the way, I haven't watched any of this Iowa – uh, Iowa Indiana game, but I just looked at the TV and Luca Garza has a has a thing in his nose. Yeah, someone already knows. Sorry, I already got him. And the least surprising <laughs> thing in the history of college basketball is that someone is that Luca Garza has a bloody nose. That dude is always somehow always injured. I, I, I fucking love Luca. Nah, he's he's, in, he's <laughs> in the mix, bro. He's in the mix. He's, get, he's, he's there he's, where they're throwing bows at, bro. He's a horse, man. Um, but yeah, Villanova. So they they won a game that they probably should have lost. Mm. Uh, they did not play great. But no. like they came out of twenty seven days they off, and they had, they had like four or five days before quarantine and beat a really good Seton Hall team. So are you buying Villanova? Are you selling Villanova? Are you holding Villanova? I'm buying Villanova. I have to. Um, like you said, they came off a, a long break, obviously due to the pandemic, and they played a really good Seton Hall team. To me, I thought it was like you know they have they have good players on the team. You know, Sandro. They have uh, Shavar Reynolds, um, Jared Roden, like. This is a good team, um, with the exception of getting their heads knocked off against Creighton. They they won, you know. They've pretty much been winning. So I couldn't to see them come off of this break and beat this team. It was a plus. I mean, it's a plus in my book. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl didn't have a great one, and Justin Moore didn't. But thank goodness you have seniors in the team, and uh, Samuels and Gillespie came out there and. Uh, they took care of everything. They picked up the slack for, you know, Villanova's welcome back party. So that's the only thing that worried me. Honestly, the only thing that worried me was uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl coming back so sluggish. But then you said 27 days. I mean, who wouldn't? So I was just more or less like three for 12 and uh, one rebound. I was like, the hell are you doing? And then he went one for two, obviously missed the first one, but made the most of the free throw. So he didn't go up by two. But it was just I, – I can't imagine – saying that he played anywhere near a quarter of his potential when he only had one rebound. <laughs> like, no, no, yeah. no, you're right. You're right. And so first, minutes. Minutes. Can, you put, can you put a toast up to Matthew Gibbs real quick? 
Matthew Gibbs in the chat. Cheers to you, brother. Matt. There you go. All right. So, um, with Vill- I mean, I'm with you on Villanova. I'm, I'm not buying all the Villanova, but I do want to uh, expand the amount of Villanova that I have in my portfolio, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because I-, I feel like people have forgotten that this was a team that entered the season in the same conversation as Gonzaga and Baylor. And we never quite got to see them at at full strength, even at the start of the year. Like I don't know how many people know this, but like they were shut down for for two weeks in September because yeah. of of COVID positives and contact tracing and all that. Um, so they like they didn't get the full. I think it was maybe it was October, whatever it was. Like they were they were shut down at a point, and they did not get the full preseason that you would necessarily expect them to get. And uh, I am a little bit concerned about like their perimeter defense. And I do think that at a certain point, um, they they are not quite as good as the Villanova teams of the past. But for my money, like they're as good and as balanced and as deep and as they have all Americans. Like they have everything that you would want out of a team to go out and win a national title. And I, I think that they should very much be in that conversation. Feels like people have forgotten about them. So yes, I'm going to buy, I'm, I'm going to be buying on Villanova. Um, yeah, all right. I feel like that's hard to do, man. You take a month off. You're mm-hmm. still practicing, though, but, I mean, after a yeah, certain they, time, they you're practicing. They weren't practicing for that month, though. Like, that whole was, month, yeah. Actually, you're right. Yeah. I remember you did bring that up in one of our pods. They, yeah, they spent, like, I think it was a total of, I don't know if I want to say a number in case I get it wrong, but they it was more than two weeks that they spent in hotel rooms. Like you know, It's not like they were out there even really just working out. Some of their guys, I, I believe, were, but for the most part, like, they were in hotel rooms. And then you go to play against a team that's been playing the entire time, which – like they probably have Jermaine, one of the Jermaine Samuels was one of the guys that tested yeah, positive. Yeah. Part of the reason they came off the bench was because like he wasn't able to get back. They started <laughs> practicing the Thursday before a Tuesday game, right? And then the, Jermaine Samuels was not even allowed to practice in the Thursday group because he had tested positive. And then he, they, they came back. Jermaine had twenty and nine. Exactly. Here's, here's my question, Deshaun. And, and, and <laughs> you're a hooper, so you know this. You know right. this. If you I ever know. spend a whole bunch of time sitting out. And the first time you come back, like you're always just buckets that first time, right? And then afterwards, it's like you can't hit a shot again. But there's always like that that first time after you don't play for like a week or two weeks or whatever, like you just can't miss that first time. Right? Well, I've been very I've been very fortunate to uh, these terrible knees I have. Uh, I would be on teams and the coaches would say, "All right, you know what? You're not practicing." for two days before the game, and they would just let me not practice, and then I would go out there and play well, and they would be like, all right, you know what? We'll just keep doing this. So I, I'm i more oh, of the uh, – <laughs> Oh, oh my you're, teammate, you're one my of those – Oh, teammates my, hated me. my knees hurt. No, oh, no, no. My, my I, actually, actually, I was never the guy that initiated this. The coaches oh, wanted to okay. make sure that I oh, was taken oh, care of. Oh. Hey, I, I can't okay. blame – don't blame me because I play for great coaches, you know. <laughs> How, what, what did Hugs say when you said, hey, hey, my, my knees hurt. I can't practice he'll say, today. He'll say, he'll say, I wake up hurt every morning. Get the fuck <laughs> on the floor. And I have to tell him that self-inflicted hurt. Oh, man. Oh, this- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, um, all right. So, Wisconsin and Texas, we got two left. Um Let's do let's do Wisconsin first. Are you buying, selling, or holding Wisconsin? I am going to buy in Wisconsin. I uh, you probably tired of hearing this. I'm a big Demetrius Trice fan. I like I love him too. I love him off of the ball screen and creating. And I feel like they put him in 
a great position. They put him in a great position to do that for their team. And then not to mention, they do a great job of when he can't find anything to get the ball in the potter, get the ball in. The, it's not a race. <laughs> get the ball in the uh, potter, get the ball in the reavers. And they quarterback it from the post as well. Most of their offense. I, I just like the way that they play. They have a, a system. They stick to it. And they're big. They rebound. They're tough as hell. It's like a, a very difficult mismatch, especially with two centers out there at the same time. Like it's just tough. It's tough to guard and to rebound I'm, against. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 with you on Demetrius Trice. That dude's got huge Sam Cassells. Um, makes big shots. Takes that's big a, shots. That's a hell of a comparison. So that is a good. That's a good call. Yeah, like he just he's he's. I don't know if there's ten players in the country that you want with with the ball in his hands with um with like 10 seconds left on the clock more than Demetri tries like he just he wants those shots he takes those shots he makes those shots so yeah. got a credit for him for that um I am buying Wisconsin in the big 10 I yeah, am selling Wisconsin I'm selling Wisconsin <laughs> nationally and the the reason I say that is because when you everybody in the big 10 plays like it's 1985 still for the most part right like all these teams have big guys all these teams have post players, whether it's Kofi Coburn or Luca Garza or whoever, or Miles Johnson with Rutgers, like everybody's got a big guy, right? So Wisconsin's able to match up with that. The problem is when you go up, when you're Wisconsin and you go up against like a Baylor, right? And Baylor goes with their lineup where they have Mark Vidal at the five and Matthew Meyer at the four. How are you guarding that? Because you can't have, you can't have Nate Reavers and Micah Potter on the floor together because one of them is going to get played off the floor. And if you take one of them off the floor, then you have like one of your three best players sitting, which to me is a problem. You want your five best players on the floor as much as possible. You go up against Gonzaga, one of those guys has to chase Corey Kispert around at the four. Like that's that's tough. That's going to be tough. So, so I'm, I'm buying Wisconsin in the Big Ten. I'm selling, I'm selling Wisconsin from a national perspective. But, I mean, they're, like they're, they're, they're awesome, dude. Like yeah. it's – it's Wisconsin. Like they're just yeah. they're just a really really good team. Very good team. Um, all right, Texas, coming off the loss to Texas Tech, I believe that was the last time that we saw them play. Uh, they were up by double digits in the first half. They ended up blowing the lead. And Mac McClung, who by the way was on the Fanta uh, Demetrius and the Splash Fanta podcast on the Field of sixty eight Media Network uh, just today, uh, which by the way, like. Day, you got you're gonna to want to listen to this. It was it was <laughs> Mac McClung is a character. No, to um, say the least. Yeah, I've seen I've seen yeah. a ton of this stuff online. He's uh, all right. So I, I I lied. They actually played on. Uh, they played against uh, Kansas State. Kansas State, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they beat Kansas State. They beat the they beat their brains. And Kamaka Hepa came off the bench and had um, uh, 15 points, hit five threes. Like he didn't really play all year. Shaka said this was going to be like his de facto redshirt year. He came out hit. First start, 15 points, five threes. Shout out to Kamaka Hepa. Like he legit might want to be one of my favorite players in the country. He's the he is the craziest dude on the bench. I was texting with Shaka the other day and I sent him like this video of Kamaka after a dunk, like sprinting. You know how they have like the three rows of yeah. seats on the bench? Yeah. And it's Kamaka sprinting from the back row after a dunk, all the way to under the basket, flexing like in front of his teammates and then sprinting back. And I sent it to Shaka. I was like, I said, Shaka, how much do you love this guy? He said, the best spear I've ever seen in a player. Amen. That's a hell of a co-sign from, from, from anybody's coach. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you got this dude who is like the walk-on deluxe celebrating like that, who comes out and starts. 
and hits five threes. Threes, exactly. I know he was high. With, with, with the man bun? <laughs> He's got the man bun? I, I fucking love Kamaka Hepa. Oh, man. Plus, do you know his backstory? No, no, please. He's from Barrow, Alaska. He is the first uh, one of the – well, he's trying to be the first um, Inuit, which is the – It's an, you're not supposed to say Eskimo. It's a bad word, but it's yeah. he. That he's, he's an Inuit, and um, he is trying to be the first one to ever make the NBA. I don't know if it's going to happen, but there's been like uh, four Native Alaskans before him. And I'm, t- I'm not talking about people from Alaska. I'm talking about like Native American. Native American. Uh, from Alaska. And, and Barrow, like Barrow is the northernmost town. In the United States, he lives. He grew up in the Arctic Circle. How the hell did he find a hoop? <laughs> like they, the Bears got a good basketball team. Like it's crazy, dude. Like they had to take private flights to like Anchorage to play games during the season. They'll fly down and they'll play like five games in five days, and they'll fly back up to Barrow. Then they'll fly down again. Like summertime for them is like thirty degrees and snowy. Like the dude's got an unbelievable story. I wrote something about him a while back. They found him anyway. in Texas. Yeah. So what I, I'm thinking about, like, we should we should definitely bring him on the podcast because I, I want to. You'll, you'll love this kid, Dad. You'll love. That'll him. be fine. That'll be fine. Anyway, Kamaka, uh, Kamaka, Hepa, Texas. Are you buying? Maybe, 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 are you maybe buying? Maybe I got to. Yeah, it's got you. The second one's got you already. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, so what do you got? Are you buying or selling Texas? I am. I'm going to have to buy on Texas. I, At the end of the day, when you have these individuals in this team that with that size, that athleticism, who can make jump shots, who can't put the ball on the floor, they can just do so much that when they have bad games like they had prior, like before the Kansas State game, like it it just lets you know like the mistakes they have are highlighted, a bad shooting nights or turn the ball over to but like, but but these other games they no they are hard to match up with. You they're mismatch problems all around the court. Like in whether the guards are just unguardable, you can't help off of certain guys. Andrew Jones, you can't. You're not going to beat them on the glass. Like you're, <laughs> you're, they're going to protect the rim, and they can get in the lanes because of that athleticism and because they know they have that protection behind them. It's no big deal for them. You know, take chances. It makes them that much more of a dangerous team. And, I mean, they have a great coach on the sidelines who's seen every seen every part of the NCAAs. I mean, like, I, don't, I don't know how I couldn't buy Texas personally. It's, they just have everything that you would want on your team. It's just a matter of the inconsistency from time to time. It's certain parts in the game, whether it be a first half. They never pull – they probably had three games where they put a full game together, and every, every other game is like a first half. Bad second half, bad first half, okay second. Like they haven't put a full game together many times this season, which is why I'm 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 holding on them. That's only because I like I thought that they were a top like eight team in the country for like a month. So like if I if I'm buying on them, then I feel like I'm saying that they're in the same tier as Gonzaga and Baylor. Do I when I say when I say I'm buying them buying on them? I literally think that a team like this. Could possibly beat a Gonzaga. Yeah, no, I think they could too. Which is which is why I'm like saying like I think they're a top five to eight team in the country. Like so, we both we we both love them. I think the bottom line is we both love them. I'm trying. I'm I'm on I'm on beer number two. I just finished a tall boy that was nine percent. Like I'm over here trying to trying to get some bragging. 
Stop bragging. We're, we're, we're here trying it's to semantics. It's not a conversation. It's not a conversation. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we both we both we both love Texas. Um, all right. Uh, listen, Deshaun, it was fun, man. I think we should start doing this every Thursday night. Beers and ball every Thursday night. I think that should be our time. Nine p.m. Beer every Thursday. <laughs> beer, beers and ball. Beers and ball every Thursday night. Um, you know, maybe maybe we could get Deshaun Junior on here. We could watch a little Paw Patrol. We'll bring. We'll bring my son down. We'll have we'll have them watch Paw Patrol. Maybe maybe that's what we do next time. Is uh is we'll do breakdowns of nothing but nothing but shows. <laughs> Paw Patrol number blocks and and story blocks. That's that's, that's what we got. I do. don't know if I got too many kids. I don't know if uh, all my Deshaun Juniors can fit on this screen with me. Today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> he said I got too many kids. Thanks, Sean. It's been fun, man. Everybody that hung yes, out sir. with us, it's been fun. Uh, we will see you guys again on Sunday night.